Which nobody does, but we can, because this is America, and I'll goddamn well do what I want. Yeah, and I'm glad. I'm going to check my bean on the regular. Hell yeah, dude. Flick away, buddy. Like a natural Flick man. Flick away. But anyway, like I was saying, it is one of my favorite things to say to people. <laughs> Just, hey, would you like to do some pot? And I don't know why, but it's just the middle-aged white man in me that gets a real kick out of saying that. Can we listen to the rap while we're enjoying the reefer? Actually, I prefer the hip-hop. The hip-hop? Mm-hmm. No, thank you. No cupcakes for me. I'm trying to avoid the diabetes. Uh, (laughs) Wilfred Brimley. God rest his soul. Ah, yes. Man, I really wish we could do an episode about The Thing. That's such a good fucking movie. Why don't we? we? Well, because we don't need to. Who gives a shit what we think about the thing? Did you know? Like, I've, like we already said, it's good. I have never watched it all the way through. Really? Really? Yeah. I, it's it's one of those movies that's like a special effects, like practical effects masterpiece. So well, like, what are what are the two of us dumb dicks gonna say about? Well, the, the thing? thing is, it would be a complete because the only times I've ever watched it prior to this is when I was seriously impaired. And I couldn't get up to turn off the fucking TV. And I was actively avoiding it, but I was too hungover to move. It was one of those situations. So I have actually no no opinion on the thing except the cool special effects I used to see in Fangoria. No, I, I mean, I can pretty much already tell you your opinion would be like, yeah, that was really fucking good. And then you would look at how many podcasts there are about the thing and go, yeah, we don't need to do that, do we? I see. It would be like the dodgeball effect. Exactly. Yeah, you know that part where they did that? Yeah, that uh-huh. was cool. But yeah, it's one of those films that like, yeah, man, it is a timeless classic. Like we had no business doing Psycho, but we did it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, it was we managed to crank out a decent podcast on that. I don't believe that we did. I didn't listen to it to check because I'm not a fucking narcissist. Apparently I am. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Goddamn weirdo. I'm a fucking weirdo. I'm studying up to do better. How weird of me. Goddamn. <laughs> <Yes>. Bettering <laughs> yourself, you piece of shit. Making a fucking effort. What's wrong with me? Uh, Speaking of being pieces of shit with very little effort, hey everybody, welcome to Horror Vomit. We talk about horror movies so you don't have to. I'm not coming in with the energy this week, I'm sorry James. That's alright. My name is Chris Faff and I'm one of your hosts. And I'm James Marino, I'm the other one of your hosts. You fucking bastard. You absolute son of a bitch. Follow that motherfucker. You know what, I can't. This week, guys... We're talking about 1987's opera, oh. uh, written by Franco Farini, and written and directed by the dun, dun, legendary dun. Dario Argento, mm-hmm. uh, starring Christina <coughs> Marsalak as Betty, Ian Charleston as Marco, and Urbano Barberini as Inspector Alan Santini. Mm-hmm. Wanted to get through that pretty quickly because, James, <sighs> yeah. I have a question for you. Mm. You may anticipate this question. Mm-hmm. How'd you like opera? Fuck you for making me watch this, Chris. Yeah. I had that chamber for a while. You know how long it's been since I've complained about a movie that we've watched? Uh-huh. It's been a long fucking time, but this was a goddamn slog. It was a slow march. Yeah. I, uh... So... Uh, 
Obviously, if it's an Argento, more than likely, it's a Giallo. Oh, yeah. And I've got to be upfront and honest, not my uh, subgenre. I like them because most Giallos at least have a point. Okay? So things lead to things for reasons. <laughs> you know, so there, there's something there. There's nothing here but a couple set pieces and some bullshit. So do you want to know the thing that makes me dislike this movie the most? The Could have thing been that better. I, well, okay. <laughs> yes, but that actually kind of is it, is that with the filmmaking taking place, like Arge- it's still Argento. Oh, yeah. There is still some incredible shots and incredible shit taking place. Oh, yeah. But there is absolutely nothing going on around those things. All style, no substance. And that's what makes me the angriest because there are obviously glimpses of where you go, This that's really fucking good. Mm-hmm. I wish there was anything else to this because the rest of this is nothing. Right. James, there is no story. Well, here here's the deal, too. From what I understand from, from the readings that I've done about what giallos are, that type of thing, it was like, okay, we need these four things to be giallo. Okay, we got the naked. Okay, we got the violence. We got the this. We got the, the that. The black gloves. Yeah. Check, check, check. Okay, I'll write a story around it. Here, here are my visuals. Let's do this. We... Uh, I got, I, we're waiting. Union guys are waiting. Put it in the can. We got to knock it out. Yep. Because, and see, that's where like the auteur thing is a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing in the fact that we've seen some amazing pieces of art from auteurs. Whether they be pieces of shit or not, we've seen some incredible art from them. Okay. But it sometimes gets to the point where they're not told no. And the, you know, the, the bloom is off the rose as it were. And nobody's still telling them no, because well, it's Dario fucking Argento, you know, and look at all these beautiful things that I've got. Look at all the, look at, you know, I've got my whole playground set up. Now we just got to get some words. Who, who, wordsmith, come on. Uh-huh. And that's what really, really bothers me is because like you said, at least most of the time in most of the Argento movies, and this isn't even like getting into the 90s where I think this was considered one of his last like it's considered one of his last great movies, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly. But there's nothing here for me to sink my teeth in between which I can honestly say are bitch and kills. Mm-hmm. But there's no story. There's nothing happening. Right. And <laughs> the only things that I will tell you some of the things I liked about that. Now, that's a huge grand theater, and, you know, I've been inside a few theaters like that. It's when, I was tw- when I was in the Navy, we pulled into Italy, and I've been into places like that. Absolutely fucking breathtaking. But um, <clears throat> my ex was part of the uh, a Western Springs Theater, and I did a couple of productions there, and I'm always, you know, I was always hanging out in that whole backstage when there's production going on and the things happen in the lighting and people are frantically doing this and that, and... You know, the parts where they were working through, okay, that fell. They heard screams, but hey, the the opera's fucking on right now. Somebody go check it out. You keep going, keep going, keep going. And uh, so they really encompassed that. And uh, they must have, either they did it around an actual theater, theater group, or fucking they do movies during the business. You know what I mean? But they really got that aspect of it right. 
And the simple fact of using an... I guess I should back up. Jellos are generally considered kind of like low class because that's where yeah. the word comes from. Yellow. Yellow, yeah. Which was the yellow paperback novels. They're just pulpy, kind of trashy detective novels. Yeah. Tia so, and violence. So juxtaposing what's considered like low class filth with a high class event like operas mm-hmm. is a pretty good setup. And that's why I was, because I had never seen this before. Right. Before we did this. It was one of those Argentos that I had never gotten around to because opera, fuck. I don't want to watch opera. Well, the funny thing is for like the first 10 minutes, I thought it was going to be a note for note of Phantom of the Opera. You know what I mean? No, I honestly, I've never seen Phantom of the Opera. I don't really like musicals that much. I'm talking about the Lon Chaney. Still. What? Uh, My apologies. Anyway, it, okay, I'm sorry. I, 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 give me a second here. I'm so, okay, we don't need to sit and ponder on movies that I haven't seen. No, I no, don't no, no. have all day to watch everything. No, I, I thought I was sitting here with hoops here for a second. I can't believe that you, of all people, haven't seen Phantom of the Opera. But no, that's okay. Getting back to it, I, for a while I thought it was that. And, and then I really enjoyed like the tour of the 80s, watching that, because, you know, I saw... What's her Betty? Mm-hmm. That was flash dance. That was, oh God! You know, half the leading ladies look like that right there. Um, they had, they had uh, the one that looked like a cross between Susie Sue and Madonna from 1984. Yep. And I mean, so visually, I was just like, yeah. And this scuzzy, scuzzy. You know, everybody thinks that theater people is troopers, and they're going and got a dream. No, they're fucking scuzzy as shit. Half of them. No offense, because I'm into that shit. But, uh-huh. but you know, it, it's but they actually showed the the scuzziness, the backstabby, the biting, the you know the um, oh, how the fuck how the fuck did she get this job? She's like a she's like ten. She's like a a baby baby lady Macbeth. <laughs> the fuck is she doing? Well, one of them was seventeen. I'm like, you know, okay. But the the way it was infighting and the way the the one manager or the one guy went from being a champion of the one that got hit by a car to being the champion of the one who now the soprano that has that right the intimation that um, all sopranos do is you know right oh which reminds but, me of my favorite opera joke go ahead <laughs> you know the differences between a soprano and a sewing machine no a sewing machine frills and tucks. Okay. Yeah. Now there, there might be one hold person... for edit. And no, no, don't hold. That's a fucking good joke. Sure, man. Just... I I don't understand it at all. It's okay. But here's my problem, though. With all of that, that may be kind of a glimpse into a backstage rivalries of any sort. Mm-hmm. There, none of the characters have any depth whatsoever. What What do you immediately know about Betty? That she performs in the opera, and apparently she does... She's like, bad vag- in the sack. And apparently her vagina doesn't work. Yeah. Those are her only characteristics. hmm And at no point are we given any indication as to, like, what the killer wants or what he is doing. hmm He ties her up, watches, makes her watch him kill someone, and then just kind of lets her go and slips out. Yeah. A couple, two, three times. Yep. 
for no apparent reason. Except from some pretty fucking cool kills. Yes, again. The it's kills, Argento. <laughs> yeah, the kills are bitching. Yeah. But it's all the connective tissue in this that's absolutely missing. Connective what? Yeah. Yeah. But it and it goes nowhere, and it makes me check out. Do you know how many times I watched this movie, James? Uh, it had to be more than me, and I did five where I tried to get through this movie. It was about five. Yeah. Do you know how many times I paid attention to this movie? Exactly once. Look, I I hate watch this motherfucker. Uh huh. I watched and I was watching it even in, like even in my worst ADHD spells, unmedicated. I can get through 10 minutes, 15 minutes. At no time could I watch more than 10 minutes of this movie at any given time. Sometimes I was like seven minutes. I'm like, fuck, go have a cigarette. Seven more. There were a couple times where I went like a whole 12 minutes, but you know, that is not good. No, I would, when I was trying to get through it to finish it for the show a few days ago, I would fast forward until about the first kill and then I'd rewatch that because it's bitching. And we'll get into that in a minute. And then I would fast forward and go, fuck, it's still at this part? It's been like 15 minutes. Like, oh, yeah, there was nothing that happened for this long stretch of time. Nothing interesting anyway. No, there's three-minute walks. There's a five-minute scene for no fucking good reason. I timed it because I was like, why am I watching this? And none of it is developing either character or plot. Right, because my, my big complaint about this movie is I've been trained... By watching a lot of good movies that we've seen that were slow burns, that had a lot of weight. Okay, th- this is a giallo. There's been some crazy parts, but it's going to go off the fucking rails. Yeah, and, and, and especially it, in Argento, yeah. either we're getting a glimpse into who a character is, like weird little idiosyncrasies or something, mm-hmm. or it's developing the just core plot itself. Here, there's nothing to grasp onto. There's no characters who have any real definable characteristics, really. Right. Besides, she sings opera, and she doesn't fuck. Yeah. Good. And all she does at home is listen to opera at 10, which I'm sure the neighbors fucking loved. Exactly. Uh, the director. Yeah. He, he's just kind of a scuzzbag. Yeah. He's, but he's an intellectual also, and he doesn't have time to listen to the police when they're questioning him about murders. He's too busy reading his book. Yes. Like, that's not a characteristic. He doesn't say anything that lets us, like, give a shit about whether he lives or dies. Right, and the lack of characterization is one of my biggest gripes about any film. Now, part of it is... <clears throat> I wasn't ava- I, a non-dub version wasn't available. <clears throat> That, yes. Okay, so for me, um, hearing emotion in the voice, whether I can understand the language or not, emotion comes through. And I need that. I need I need it to match the person talking. Even if it's ADR, even if it's put in afterwards, or even if it's, you know, it's still that person's voice and you're getting the emote from them to match their features. Yes. But I'm hearing a different emotive voice and I'm seeing the face and it's not matching and it, it fucks with me real bad. I heard, hearing that groan, like when the girl was in the, um, the air conditioner ducks. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. That gr- sounded like a grown ass woman trying to sound like a kid. And it, I, I, no, cause if that was intentional, great, but it wasn't, you know, it was just bad fucking dubbing. 
uh-huh. irritated the living but it, shit but out of me. But it does drag down the enjoyment of mm-hmm. these films for me. And there's a lot of the giallos that are like that, which I think is part of why I don't particularly care for them. Because, mm-hmm. again, I would rather just read the subtitles. Hell yeah. Because at least then you're getting something out of the performance, which aren't really great usually in these old Italian films anyway. Right. But at least it's genuine. Whereas this, it seems to really put up a barrier between learning anything. (laughs) One step beyond. So the other thing that usually Giallos will kind of almost let you in on the game. Yeah. As to figuring out who the killer is, how they're going to resolve any of this. Right. This has none of that. There's not even red herrings. It's just stupid. Exactly. There's there's nothing to throw you on or off of the scent to anything. So it eliminates that. They, they did kind of set up that it was Daniela Suave. Right. But it eliminates that game that you can play during good mysteries like Jalos. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so hard to get through because just a simply a good kill yeah. does not pacify my uh, need for any sort of story in this film. Look, you can, you could get, if the, all you want is good kills, there's, you can get on YouTube and watch the 20 greatest kills and be done with it. You know? And if that's what you want, <clears throat> you can fast forward through the middle of this movie and it's perfectly okay for that. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I, there's just, it just seems like it's just useless. And also it is sort of missing a lot of the, uh, Argento flair mm-hmm. that I like to call it. Because usually his color palettes and his lighting in his films are over the top and yeah. they're gorgeous. Now, these are pretty, but in a different way, but I, they're pretty in a way that belongs in a different movie. Yes. The cinematography on this looks like um, it should have been more of a drama, like a straight drama. Or they could, if they would have just maybe put a tiny bit of tongue in cheek, a little a wink and a nod, hey, hey. Or we're more overt with the story because, well, we can get into that in a minute because I've, I've, got, I've got the big, big question about this movie because I had to rewatch parts of it a few times and I, I'm still not sure if I understand it at the end. So, because I, am I, ton, am I to intimate that she is actually batshit nuts and can only nut when people are dying or? Don't know. Yeah, because I'm trying to put something to this movie together and I fucking can't. So I guess then let's start getting into the kills because it's really some of the only interesting things about this. Yeah. So the first one is Betty and her stagehand friend mm-hmm. uh, retreat to this gigantic, gorgeous mansion. Right. And I thought it was his house. Yeah, but it was just an uncle who just lets him fuck girls there. Apparently, that's <laughs> what he had to say about it. Mm. But... uh. This is where it starts to fall apart because the kills are cool, but none of them make any sense. Mm-hmm. Because he apparently somehow just sneaks up on her, yeah, and ties her to a post yeah. by her neck and head. And here's the interesting part, though: takes what looks like a small roll of tape, mm-hmm. covered in so what looks like sewing needles, yeah, right under the eyelid, yeah. Fuck, it looks cool, James. Yeah, and I got an eye thing. I can't even... I, the reason I don't wear contacts, because I would prefer to wear contacts, I can't get them motherfuckers in my eyes. If I see somebody touch their eye, my eye waters, and I'm fucking not right for a minute and a half. Uh-huh. 
like when I used to have a regular D&D game, everybody there knew it. And invariably, in some time in the three hours that they played, somebody would touch their eye and I, they would shut me up. I'd be in the middle describing like the, what's going to happen in battle and somebody would look at me and do it. And I'd just blanch. I just, my whole face would just, and my eyes would water and I couldn't talk for a minute and a half. And in part of this, what makes Argento one of the best is the little bits of blood. On the ends of those oh, needles, yeah. from where her upper eyelid, your natural need to blink, and and just you you didn't see holes in the eyes, you didn't see it pierce the flesh, but what you did see was a tiny droplet between two eyelashes, like and, and a couple spots where the needles would have hit, and just that was worse than even seeing the contraption. Uh huh. Just those little pieces of blood, because I was just picturing where it would hit on the eyelid, just like. On that little fleshy part between the actual eye and where your eyelashes come out, that just that little, little piece of flesh. That little the, lip right there. And they put, I don't know how they did it. They probably fucked somebody up a little bit because they, you could actually see the eye close almost to touching like once or twice. And I'm like, fuck me running. That is not good. And dude, it's so good with it. It's not pouring blood. No. It's just little rivulets mm-hmm. coming out from, like, like you said, her upper eyelid, and then running down her face a little bit. Yeah. The minimalist amount of blood in there is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. And it's terrifying. Juxtaposed to the horrific other shit, you know? Oh, when that kid walks back in, and the killer, from underneath, crams a knife from under the soft palate right right behind his jawbone mm-hmm. into his mouth, which they show. Yep. You could see the fucking blade. It's so good, James. It, it was disturbing most. <laughs> the And the thing that gets me about it, the grossest part, is it's not just a stabbing. It's watching a man be stabbed. The defensive wounds. Watching his hands get cut to ribbons. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking gross. And that, that shows <clears throat> knowledge of... You know, how people are wounded when you're attacked with a knife. Because it's all like, all, um... It's the all, knife gets stuck. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a defensive thing where if you think you're... It's like I, I've, I've seen, I don't know if it's a real thing or not, but I've read about a defensive move where if you think you can die you, and you catch, you catch the knife in the soft part of your forearm, pull that pull the knife completely out to disarm and i was just like but still all the wounds are on your forearms um face chest um soft parts of your body and then to catch one underneath your soft palate all the way from the bottom of your chin all the way up through your fucking cortex and that still doesn't kill you immediately because you you didn't catch the the actual cord Uh the spinal cord you got a fucking knife in your goddamn skull stuck up through your goddamn soft palate. Uh-huh. No. And, and now there is a... Not only that, but now the man is on top of you, and with any senses that you could possibly have, you put your hands up in defense, and they are just being stabbed repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And what isn't catching your hands is catching your face and neck. Yeah, it was... And, and during all of that, there is a... Bitchin' Iron Maiden-esque song just rocking away in the background. It fucking rules, dude. The the music itself was, um, like, amazing. It was, like, good metal. And then the vocals, 
just were quite, they were off. You know, they're just off. Yeah, that's why I said Iron Maiden-esque. Yes, but it was enjoyable as <laughs> They're fuck. the Malto meal. <laughs> yes, I, I, I did enjoy the fuck out of it. And I understand Brian Eno did all the other yes. incidental music, which I was like, wow, that, wow. Yeah, dude, it's Dario Argento. <laughs> right, I know. But they put all that effort into this. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But then Sorry, after, guys. That, after that fucking bitch and stabbing, he lets her go and escapes. Mm-hmm. And to which she wanders out into the street, runs into the director, and he says, ah, look what stardom has done to you. And then tells her that he jerks off before filming scenes. Like, this isn't, nothing is happening. There never is explicitly explained why she isn't going to police, Mm -hmm. why she isn't telling anyone that any of this shit is happening. She's just wandering through this movie, letting this happen to her repeatedly. When... When he said that, what pulled me out of the movie is I was thinking, what happens if you have to shoot like five, five scenes, six scenes a day? Do you do it between each take? What if you have, what if you're going for a take and the actor is fucking ass drunk? Well, you got to go fucking rub one out fifteen times till they get it. Do you bring cream or are you just fucking chafed? What's going on? Because when my brain starts going that way, it's gonna go. And because there's nothing else to grab onto or a need to pay attention to really anything else in this movie. It mm-hmm. does. That's what I started wondering too. Like I thought I had the exact same thought, like you don't just shoot one scene a day. Like that would take you six years to make a film. What are you talking about? I mean, at my age, I could probably manage four on a good day. If all the planets align correctly and you give me some time in between, but God damn, but, but also probably not. <laughs> I'm a two-scene-a-day kind of guy. <laughs> and there's the other, like, right after that, when he takes Betty home, and he's in her apartment, and he kind of leaves the room for half a second and goes, hey, there's a guy down there watching you. Like, you didn't even walk to the window. It's little things like that that really just drag me out of this. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a cool kill, but, man, you're forgetting to make the rest of the movie. Here. Yeah, you know, or give me a red herring that is feasible. Or exactly. give me enough to go, oh, I could have seen that had I really paid attention. Uh-huh. There's nothing to fucking pay attention to. Because I, I, honest to God, rewound a couple times just to see, am I missing an overt? And there's no theme to this movie. There's no overt theme to this movie. No. And other Argento films, he's thumbing his nose at the authorities, or he's saying something about his old critics, or he is making an overt or even a subtle statement about something. There seems to be no statement about anything here at all. It it seems, like I said earlier, it seems to just be the taking the, what's thought of as low-class films being giallos and introducing a high-class element in being the opera. Mm -hmm. But again, that's a great premise, I guess. It's a good place to start, but you still need the rest of the film execution but but then there's the kill with the uh like the tailor the woman who's doing this the uh, seamstress yeah the, the costuming the, the one that looks like a cross between Susie sue and yep. and 80s madonna she from who's that rules, girl dude. she was the fucking best the, <laughs> the only thing she was lacking was a bubblegum chewing and and she has the part in the movie that made me laugh the absolute loudest because the killer comes in mm-hmm. and hucks an iron at her lower back. 
Oh, she goes Again, down. I think that's really smart filmmaking, though, because it doesn't just brain her and then the whole scene's over. I know, but it I just was... hits her in the lower back, and you like, I went, oh fuck, that looks like it hurt. But in my head, I'm like, I could probably take one iron. I could probably take that and fight a little bit. I mean, maybe. <laughs> looks like she's been hit harder from behind. I think she may have taken the iron. But it just, like, I laughed so goddamn hard when, like, oh, that's the part that you added in here, was she just gets hit right in the tailbone with an iron. Mm -hmm. Huh. Look at that. Now, had they done, now, granted, lighthearted, getting smacked with an iron on your fucking tailbone, but had they thrown maybe a couple more of those in there? Right, but the way the scene... For the breather? The way that the scene resolves itself is really stupid also. Because mm-hmm. she hits the killer on the head with that same iron. Right. And knocks him out cold. Right. And while seeing Betty tied up with these pin contraptions stuck under her eyes so that she can see everything. Right. And she stops to, like, bite her nails inquisitively and wonder, like, ooh, which thing should I do first? Yeah, I... And, and decides to unmask the killer... And then he just strangles and murders her. The fucking straight up just... Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Like, it's cool, I guess. But then again, he just lets her go. Mm-hmm. And I get like, oh, the killer's toying with her. But not really. He's just kind of showing up randomly, murdering someone in front of her and leaving. Mm-hmm. Never giving us any clues as to why, what is going on. It's just random torture because Argento thought that putting pins under someone's eyes looked cool. And the other thing, too, is that you know what would have made this movie even more interesting? Had she actually gone back to the police, but not dealt with One-Eyed Jack. Just dealt with the other police and see some machinations of him behind there. Give us a clue or two, you know? Right. Um, Make it more a little more obvious or something. Give us something. Right. You know, because then that would give some reason for her, you know, like, she didn't go because she doesn't, why? There's no reason for her of not to gone to the authorities at any point during this whole fucking operation. And honestly, and I hate to sit and nitpick about it, but if she was involved or anywhere near a lot of these killings, the police would have brought her in. Yeah. So the entire premise of this film, that's what I'm saying, it doesn't make sense to... The point where, like, okay, well, why do I care anymore? Now I'm just waiting for the next cool kill. I mean, like, any any um, police uh, corruption aside, when the Italian police decide that they're going to sink their teeth into something, they don't have a lot of the same strictures we might have at any point. And if they decide they're going to question the fuck out of some people, I don't care if you're in the opera, I don't care who you are, you're going to sit down and you're going to be questioned aggressively. Yes. Mm-hmm. And at no point <laughs> did any of that happen. And had they in- intimated that, um, you know, um, Captain Fancy Pants, uh, you know, Captain GQ had, uh, well, I've got the investigation. I'll handle it and showed him not really pushing, but they didn't show even show that. No. Because then you'd have gone, hmm, that was a red herring. That would, that would make the other red herrings make more sense. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. then, oh, he was set up by this. Oh, they were set up by this. Okay, I get it. You know, it would have given it some sense of anything, really. Any sort of purpose. Yeah. 
Uh, so I'm trying to think. What's the next kill? Is that the? Um... Well, we can we we cannot uh, undermine the fact. I don't know why she swallowed the fucking. Didn't didn't she swallow it and he went and cut or cut her throat and then she you know, cut her like ribs open. Oh yeah, to that get the bracelet. fucking pendant. Yeah, why the fuck did she swallow it? I I don't. I didn't think she did. I thought that's why you fucking cut her open from there. And that's why you fucking put the scissors in her mouth and fucking finger I, fucked her mouth. Maybe. Oh, yeah, that would. Because I was wondering why he was doing that. Because then he was. Been, it looked like he was cutting up through the soft tissue. And it sounded like oh, ribs. Oh, that's cutting. right. Because that pendant had blood all over it. Yeah. All right. Because he picks it up and shows it to her. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> that, see, that. The geography of that, for some reason, did not make sense to me, and I could not figure out why he was fishing around in her mouth. Well, that's why I had to rewind it. I'm like, I've, I've seen some egregious shit, but for no, oh, that's why. Oh, okay. I mean, it, it's still egregious, but okay, there's at least a reason behind it. It's not egregious to be egregious. Right. So, I, I kind of don't care about any of the other shit that happens because I want to get to the like the first climax of this film because it kind of has two endings. <laughs> so Betty runs back to the opera house because that's the only place that she feels safe. I'll just sleep in my dressing room. And the director is telling her, don't worry, you're still going to go on stage tomorrow night, but we're going to fish the killer out. I have a plan. Okay. His fucking plan. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> First of all, though, that really bothers me because she shows up and tells him all this. And he says, oh, I have a plan as to how to find your killer. He'll be here tomorrow night. It's not opening night. Right. I, I... It, what the fuck are you talking about? You have a plan. You haven't talked to anybody. We haven't seen him in any scenes besides with Betty. He hasn't spoken to anyone about any of these plans. Right. So, okay, well, they're leaving it a mystery. That's fine. You better have a pretty good fucking resolution to this. Uh huh. However, the resolution is that crows have good memories. Uh huh. <laughs> and that somehow the crows. Oh, that's right. Because the killer went on a bird murder rampage. I forgot about that yep. stupid ass part. Mm -hmm. Now the funny thing is, you can tell this was filmed in a part <laughs> without the. Uh, SPCA because it looks like they killed a couple fucking ravens. That bird murder scene takes forever. Oh my god, it does. I think that's why I blocked it out because it was one of those things that I fast forwarded back through every mm -hmm. single time. So I was like, dude, I don't need to watch this. I was this is dumb as hell. I was folding laundry and I was, I was task oriented. So I had to sit through the whole thing. I'm like, ah, oh, cheese and rice. Yeah, and you fold a couple shirts and look back up like, ah, oh, man, this... This bird battle is still happening, huh? Yeah, wow. There, oh, wow, there's more birds. Ah, uh, okay. And it's still happening, huh? Mm -hmm. Just up close shots of... <laughs> it can't still be happening. Can't, fuck, it's still happening. Uh -huh. God damn it. So the director's plan is in the middle of this opera... <laughs> To have the man crash through the set and kick open a bird cage. This little schlubby dude uh -huh. just kicks it open. 
James, he comes crashing through the wall like he's fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and it looks like he's sliding down like the boulder from Indiana he Jones. He John McClane's into the room and kicks open a birdcage. Pank. No, it was both funny and cool as shit at the same time. It's astounding is what it is. <laughs> it's befuddling. And fucking close-ups of the birds circling in this giant theater. So that means the director's plan was, I'm going to have this guy crash through my set and kick open the door and hopefully these birds recognize this killer. That they've seen with a ma- mask? Yes. Because birds are known for their sense of smell? I don't what know. What the fuck are you talking to about? To recognize how old boy sits? I don't know. And again, it's more birds just terrorizing fancy people mm-hmm. for a very long time. And as much as the rest of the movie is beautiful, that was just seemed real ham-handed. Well, you mean a man crashing through the wall to unleash a horde of birds onto a killer was stupid? No, no, no. The the, the you way you don't say. No, I was talking about the way they shot the birds coming out. Oh. I mean, I was just like, oh, come on, I've seen student films done better. Yeah, it's just POV shots and then just birds flying around in this giant opera hall mm-hmm. and rich people going ah. And nary a piece of bird poop was seen anywhere. No. <laughs> so so the birds begin to they find the killer yep. go figure they find the killer start pecking at his eyes and the director yells out yes we did it and it's the detective yeah but no who then opens fire on an entire opera house <laughs> just cap and randos too pow, pow, like pow. no your plan didn't work <laughs> At all. Not in the slightest. People died because of you. How about the world's slowest bullet? Because <laughs> well, every time old girl was looking through the peephole, I was waiting for her. I thought she was going to get shanked through the peephole. I thought it was going to get Jason, you know, Jason with a fucking machete or something. No, when it actually happened, she's got her eye out of the peephole, right? You see the long peephole POV. You see the gun come up. And yeah, hear the gun, pow. And then a slow motion bullet going down the tube. And then, boom. And you could tell the shot. You could see the hair poof, right? And then you could see the back of the head. You know, the squib went off. And I was like, that was an interesting shot, but it looked like nothing went. You, you know what I mean? It looked fakey as fuck. So after. Even for the time. So. I'd say that's in the part in her apartment, which I was saving for last for a reason. Oh, sorry. Because it just exemplifies my biggest problem with this film. But so after the detective opens fire on this opera house, Mm -hmm. Betty just runs backstage calmly and is just hanging out in her dressing room. Yeah. I, I didn't get it. Not at all. What the fuck is happening? You get out of there. Again, now now I'm starting to question her sanity. So, it... Because it, it seems like she would have fought it harder had she wanted to stop. Yeah. Or uh, anything. Yeah. Or left. Right. So, again, are we to intimate that, you know, because some of the noises her, she was making weren't uh, noises that her eyes heard. They sounded like yummy noises. I'm like, hmm... Are we to intimate that she can only nut when people are dying? 
But is it that or was that bad dubbing? I just took that as bad dubbing. Again, I but don't know. But it being know. a giallo, I can imagine that is also a factor because, you know, the lurid aspect of giallos. Well, it's just because, like, because she kept saying, I've seen this guy, I've seen this before, I've seen this before, I keep having these dreams. You know? So, at first, maybe her mom was the person who was getting off because, uh, you know, old boy was killing people. And then when she couldn't, eventually one old girl got old enough. Right. But here's the other, the thing that I'm getting to is in the conclusion of that scene, after he shoots a bunch of randoms, mm-hmm. she's in her dressing room. He comes in and grabs her and ties her up. Now, somebody else comes in and it's one of the last kills and he just stabs them right in the fucking face. Yep. But geographically, you would have seen a grown man standing next to this woman. He's not standing behind anything. Mm-hmm. He is standing directly next to her. It's like, dude, it's just one of those small geographical errors where you didn't take the time to think this out. You just, ah, fuck it. We need to amp this up. Okay. And I need to be able to see both faces at this angle. And then he drags her to another room where there conveniently is just a bucket full of gasoline. Yeah. Or the other room that just conveniently had a large glass case with a pole to be tied to in it. Yes. Conveniently there. So, long story short, he sets this room on fire. Uh, Betty gets away. Everybody assumes that he dies, yada, yada, yada. The director and Betty are in the mountains somewhere. She sees a dog. The killer's not dead. And then the authorities come back and arrest him. Mm -hmm. That's the fucking conclusion, James. Yeah. And the reason that I didn't go through it more uh, dramatically is because nothing happens. He stabs the director, sure. Right. Yeah. But kind of who gives a shit because he was a scumbag. Yeah. And then, you know, the only thing is that they said they were going to do my favorite opera. Because I'm, you know, to be completely transparent, I'm a fucking opera fan. My stepfather got me into opera. Oh, I know. And we did the uh, the one with the uh, the Paris Hilton movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I forget the name of it. It doesn't yeah, matter. Nah. But um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a fan of the operas, but the opera was okay. And part of it was watching her just, she wasn't singing opera. She was just opening her mouth wide because <laughs> yep. I've seen, I've seen Sopranos. They fucking work. They work. I mean, getting like when you sing up in a, a thing that big, no matter the acoustics, to pull your voice that far at perfect pitch, that's fucking work. You know, and I was just, oh, they could have maybe filmed that a little better. That's just me. Because they got so much of theater life, right? So much of musicianship, so much all that shit from the people. You know, they pegged a lot of that. And I was like, ah, okay. I'm sorry I'm griping about little shit, but. So here's why I wanted to save that kind of like the middle kill at her apartment for last. Oh, okay. Because it kind of exemplifies what I think is wrong with this film. Hmm. So she arrives back at her apartment with another woman. I forget who that woman is. Her agent. Is it her agent? It's, a, it's somebody like work friend related. Yeah. So. Or, or Mira. Yes. So they show up at her apartment. The uh, inspector who ends up being the murderer is outside, says, I sent another guy up. He's going to stay with you in the apartment. Yeah. It was they, uh, Daniela Swab. Yeah. And he's there. Mm-hmm. 
But it's okay. So they make us believe because he disappears that that was the murder the entire time. Decent right. setup. It's ramping up. The killer is chasing her through her apartment. Again, this is ramping up, ramping up, ramping up. Mm-hmm. Is where the movie starts to kind of get exciting in a part. Mm-hmm. You go, fuck, yes, this is getting really good. The killer is in her apartment. The stakes are the highest He's, that they've been so far in I'm this film. in the house. She gets away, turns on the opera really fucking loud, is hucking shit at him, gets away. Mm-hmm. She is cowering for her life. And here's where this goes absolutely fucking wrong. They could not think of a way to end this. Mm-hmm. This highly like dramatic, highest stakes yet in the film. Right. It's really good. They had nowhere to go with it because it was just kind of a cool idea that was not conceptualized right. all the way through. Because if, if they would have followed along what they were intimating, or at least what I was getting out of this, because I needed to get something to stay with this movie, if they would have Bonnie and Clyde it, yeah, let, let's, uh, you don't need the needles, do you, baby? You right. know, let's go do another one. Then that would have ended the movie and I would have been, oh, okay. Okay. I see what you did there. You know, but they didn't, they didn't do anything with that. No, instead they didn't know how to end it. Mm-hmm. So the way they ended it is a neighbor girl who's scuttling along through the air vents says, quick, come with me. With a grown-ass person's voice, which fucked me right the fuck up. Right. But, Creepy kid. But voice aside, yeah. that was one of the laziest things that I have ever seen in a film. Because at no point did we know if, if, if the, we'd have seen the kid skipping in the hall or, or we would have seen the kid or, poking out the vent a couple, two, three times. Her running into this child in the hallway and the child saying, like, I'm a big fan of yours. Yeah. I wish I could see your operas. Or oddly going, what are you doing here? Don't you live over there? Yeah. To show she... that she's in a spot where she shouldn't be, because then we could put two and two together. No, she shows up out of fucking nowhere, mm-hmm. saves her, they scuttle into her her and her mother's apartment. Instead of and her then, mom helping. And, and yeah, then she yells at Betty and Betty leaves, and that's the end of her involvement in the film whatsoever. Right. Do it. Excuse it's, me, there was a strange woman in my house, uh, officer. Anything. That entire thread of there just being a child who might have seen or, something yeah. in the, like air ducts. Right. And again, they do show close-ups of the air ducts, but we're led to believe that it's the killer. Mm-hmm. At no point is it like, oh, this little girl who's like just going to kind of save her. Right. And then shuffle along and she's done in the movie. Like that. That's so fucking lazy. That's some deus ex machina. I that didn't is, pronounce that yeah, at all. That right. is, we didn't know how to write this scene, but we did go back and show stuff for the, show the air duct up close mm-hmm. because we have to plant something for this. Otherwise, it just comes out of nowhere. But it still comes out of nowhere because it's a child who helps her, and then Betty just walks out of their apartment. After the mom's a real snooch to her. Yeah. She's saying, call the police. There's. She doesn't even say, call the police. There's a killer after me. She just says, can I use your phone? Yeah. No? Okay, then I'll go then. Yeah. And that's the fucking end of it. That's the end of this thrilling sequence is she gets into this other girl's apartment. Her mom tells her to leave and she does. Yeah, instead of going, fucking somebody's trying to kill me. I just snuck in through the vent. Can I use your fucking phone before both of us die? You Then 
Because, like, remember the one movie we saw? It was one movie, then it turned into a chase sequence, and then turned... Yeah, Housebound. Yeah. If they would have housebound this a, a tiny bit, now it's an action movie. Fucking okay, now it's an action movie. Now they're chasing the mom, yeah, the if kid. We, if we saw the killer come in afterwards and murder this family, I mean, you don't need to show no. a kid being murdered, but just you know, yeah. give us something like the mother <clears throat> Show us a killed. tableau like a Henry's portrait of a serial killer. Just do a flashback, you know... Go back to the apartment and show the three pieces that we saw in the apartment. See the daughter in one, the mother in the other with blood. We don't even have to see the murder. And then, oh, God, this guy is psycho, psycho, psycho. Yeah. But instead, that's just it. Mm-hmm. Or a murder that could only have been done by a police officer. Yeah. Anything. Where we could have gone, oh, shit, that could have only been done by the cop. Maybe instant before we get the realization that it really was. That would have made this movie interesting. Yeah, and like I said, we are, we've suggested a few things that, you know, like, oh, well, the police would have gotten involved, and things that, like, on a micro level, I guess, might be nitpicky because it might end the story or whatever. Like, I don't need any sort sense of, like, realism in this right. even, I guess. I just need any sort of story to surround these action pieces. Well, we need, we need three things. I've found it have always been true with the movies that we both like. We need to have good characterization or good writing or good cinematography. We need at least one of the three, but one doesn't can't carry the entire movie if there's not just a hint of something else. It doesn't have to be great writing. It has to be okay writing. If the cinematography is great, then I can deal with the movie. This one only said, okay, we've got four tableaus. We're going to shoot it in this style. Boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. Nothing else. So th even the cool kills and the way they were shot means absolutely fuck nothing because nothing else is to support it. So it it's hollow. It's like a it's like a bedazzled trash can. And even some of the cool stuff that he does, like there's the it's almost video gamey where you can tell when the killer's getting close because it does like a quick zoom in and out like with a thump thump of a heartbeat. Yeah. It's cool. There's I, cool ideas in it, but it they. I first thought that was a brain. The first couple of times, it looked like the two lobes of a brain. And then I'm like, that's not lungs. It took me a while to figure out it was a heart. Right, but it does that just kind of like thump, thump, where yeah. it distorts the picture. And you, it's the oh shit, the killer's close. The killer's close. But they start doing it halfway through the movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ugh. why didn't you pick up this threat earlier? Because this is a cool thing, and it's that little game where, okay, thump, thump, okay, I know I'm in for the killer's close. It's going to be happening. Well, and think about it, too. Um, the rhythm of this movie was off. Like the, the slow to the fast, the, you know, it was off. And a movie that was based on opera would have, like, the story should have been made grander because it, it should, opera is grand. The deaths are huge. The, the pain is deep. There's no half step in an opera. Everybody's killing everybody and fucking everybody else. And, and families are torn apart and all this shit. So if they did a little more of that in the actual lives of the people, that would have either put a characterization on or at least mimicked the idea of opera. The, the movie should have had a better flow and rhythm to match the flow and rhythm of an opera. Right. And there were no even like, supporting characters to support the main cast. Like the closest we got really was what the director. 
Yeah, or, or what was he, the the other guy? I, was he a, the um, heavy set dude, the balding heavy set dude? Who was like uh, the opera house manager? Oh, he was that. Okay, yeah, he was something probably, like that. Yeah. I don't remember his exact title. But he was the closest to a supporting cast member that had more than one scene or two scenes where he spoke, and he actually acted at all. You should have had more. It's an opera fucking company. And but it, and it dispenses no information about them really, like none of their wants, needs, mm-hmm. hopes, goals, throughout any of this with any character. We don't know what Betty wants. Right. We don't know who Betty is, except for that she sings in the opera and her vagina doesn't work right. Now, I will tell you one thing about opera that we may not um, pick up as much out here in the Midwest. You know, um, I I was lucky enough to have been brought to operas when I was younger. But, um, like, the opera culture is is pretty big out, like, in New York and Chicago, you know, some of the bigger cities. Mm Mm-hmm. But in Italy and Spain, and, you know, opera is still actually one of the hugest, gigantic events. You know, the, getting a new soprano, you know, we, there's, there's a couple knuckleheads just like us outside of Florence doing a podcast just as passionately about that opera soprano. You know, and it, you know so the show must go on thing. The director taking these wild swings with this weird ass, I don't know, World War II based Macbeth. <laughs> You know, a lot of these things were interesting if you are... Everyone hates, by the way. But culturally, there's more in the movie. It's just, I didn't give a fuck. You know, that wasn't enough. Even if I was steeped in that culture, that wasn't enough to pull me into this movie. And I kept giving it chance after chance. I kept making up my own stories. I kept trying to do something to stay with this movie. Again, I, I... I hate watched this movie. Yeah, there's that long sequence with the director. It's strangely just him and like his girlfriend who flew in from out of town. Yeah. That he doesn't want to fuck and just wants to read his book. And she's telling him how much people, the reviews, reviewers hated his opera. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of plays it cool, doesn't seem to care. Well, you cared when they gave bad reviews to your last adventure. Well, you know, kind of whatever. People can think what they want. Why is that here? This serves no narrative function. We aren't learning anything new except for the this opera kind of sucks. There's, and it adds no depth to the characters. No. It doesn't tell you who they are at all because there's no resolve in this. If there was a resolve to this confrontation where he came away, well, yeah, I guess you're right, huh? you know, hon. I, the last one, I guess it is bothering me a little bit. Then there would there would have given him some humanity instead yeah. of being a stock. I'm a kind of a intellectual douchey director. <laughs> yeah, or even something relating just back to our main character of well, I hope this doesn't ruin Betty's career. She's so young. She's doing such a great job, but I f- I feel bad that nobody enjoys the anything to kind of even tie it back. He just plays it cool and goes, yeah. Well, sometimes people like stuff. Sometimes they don't. Like well. That's not helping your story. This is just a thing that happened. Great. Cut it out of your fucking movie because it's not entertaining. It's not informative. It is implied. So like a lot of this movie was written by a political speechwriter where you give a lot of words and no depth or meaning. Well, we got we need at least 700 words. Why? We got to fill 10 minutes. 
Have at it. Um, we got to link this scene to this scene, so kind of do something, please. Okay, we're going to make it so she can only nut when she's watching somebody die. There's mm-hmm. your movie. Great. Yeah. Run with it, fellas. How, how are we going to introduce that uh, the crows are going to recognize the killer? I don't know. Don't put them on stage like we were going to anyway. Have a man crash through the scenery and kick open a door. And the birds don't all fly out at once. It's not like this cool cinematic moment. He has to then like shoo them out of this cage. Or give a big reason why you can't just let them out to do it. Like you weren't going to have the ravens because, I don't know, because some fucking thing. Yeah. But no, nothing, because then, then it would be, okay, we don't have ravens, so now the killer feels safe, because there's been, uh, you know, there's been a production or two without ravens. Okay, I can come in. Nope. No, and it turns out the reason for all of this is that the killer saw her mother perform opera as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but didn't he kill people for her? Yeah, I guess. And then she started getting greedier or some, wanted to talk or some shit. I don't yeah. know. Because they, they really made it greatly clear and made it stick in my head. Yeah. Why? By telling us one time at the very end of the film when I'm already uninvested. Yeah, but also take a look at that motherfucker. There's no way he was old enough to have been uh, even I thought a the police officer and a mom. I mean, she's a baby lady. She's a baby lady Macbeth. So what the fuck? Yep. We got... We got uh, I don't know, fucking Italian Robert Redford up there. Just being up there all looking good and shit. You know, fucking looks like he just got done fucking lounge singing and shit. Hey, how you doing? His name should have been Daniela Suave. And like, like I said at the beginning, that is the thing that pisses me off the most about this because there are parts of it that are so well made because it's Dario Argento. He knows what he's doing. He has this expansive bag of tricks. It just And feels he like brings the, his eye. Because even even the shit that's useless and fucking boring and nobody's talking, it was well shot. Uh-huh. It was framed amazingly. And and you know, I I was looking at the fucking scenery and, you know. You could tell that care was put into it. I mean, the guy is the guy. He, he is an auteur because he's put the work in. You know what I mean? And he's got the eye. Whether he puts out a good movie or a bad movie, he's still there. Right. And like I said, just there being nothing to connect to or give a shit about or game to play mm-hmm. during this mystery film. Startling images and a couple cool kills does not sustain an hour 40 minute movie. And I, James, I fucking hate this movie for that. I, I've noticed that the more I watch movies critically, the the less it has to have to engage me. It used to have to really grab me by the fucking face and make me watch it because I'm investing an hour and a half and I can't sit still that long. But now that I'm watching these regularly, it, it, as long as, you know, like I said, the, is the writing somewhat engaging? Yes. Okay. Does it make sense? Yes. Okay. Did it scare me? Yes. Okay. Um, did I care about what happened to anybody? Okay. Just give me a couple things and I'm there. I, and I can appreciate it for what it is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be, you know, 
you know, grab me and hold me and keep my attention and, you know, spoon feed me. It, I can less and less and less. There was so little to this that it made it useless. Exactly. And there are usually in slow burns that I really enjoy, there's deep characterization where it seems boring, but you're getting little glimpses into any part of them where you can kind of play along with the game of almost any, like psychological or you don't give a flying fuck because everybody's gonna die weirdly gruesomely bug fuck robocop 3 style at the goddamn end of the movie and it makes it worthwhile and but this movie didn't even do that it gave us oh he got arrested and stabbed once uh oh okay it's a real monty python ending (laughs) yeah i was like well, no. Really, it's the ending of the Holy Grail, effectively. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's, it, I fucking hate this movie, James. Yeah. So, well, you know, it's been so long since I got to say it. I was happy to be able to say it today because I watched this and I was motherfuckering you for about a half an hour. Like, for the first most of the movie, I'm just like, eh, this is a fucking dud. Then it, then it was angering me. Then then I was mad at you and the movie and everything, and I was like, Because, like I said, we have done one Jalo, I guess two if you want to count Malignant, but yeah. Tenebrae, it, which is also Argento. And while it was certainly not my favorite film that we have ever watched, at least it was a movie. Motherfucker got stabbed with a goddamn sculpture that looked like a Christmas tree. That movie was the shit. Let's say, and it had John Saxon playing Frank Sinatra. Hell Ooh. yeah. Was that the one with just a random razoring at the beginning? I believe so. Yeah. That's, that, <laughs> you know what it was, the difference, too, is that there was a, a tongue placed in a cheek there. There was a little nods to things. There was a little, hey, yeah, you're, we're all playing along here. Come on, enjoy the movie. There was none of that in this movie. There was not an ounce of joy in this. No, there was just bird attacks. <laughs> With the fucking pulse. Which is delightful on its own in a certain kind of way. The one shot where the eyeball was pulsing, and then the other shot where he was swallowed it and spit it back out, and he swallowed it again like it was a piece of spaghetti. Couldn't quite get it down. It was fucking hilarious and horrible at the same time. Uh-huh. Uh- <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say, don't watch opera. No, uh, well... Unless you want to enjoy us talking shit about it and then you watch it. (laughs) Say, unless you're real invested in watching a bird kind of plucking dude's eye out and then him shooting random people who were not involved in this plan. Or if you think this sounds hilarious after hearing us talk about it and you want to watch it in that light, maybe. I didn't have that opportunity. Yeah, it's too boring for that. Yeah, like, yeah. Just fast forward to the stupid parts. You couldn't even riff tracks this one? No, probably not. Mm. I, I definitely couldn't because I would just get uninvested and then find something else to do like I did frequently. I, this would be a movie where you'd be thankful for me to talk over. No. Still no. Absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, I was almost there. I was so close. Oh, Speaking of close, hey, James. Where yes. can people find us? They can find us on horrorvomitpodcast at gmail.com. They can find us on Facebook and Instagram. They can find us where all fine podcasts are shown or listened to. And if you could give us the maximum amount of stars or a five-word written review, it really does help us out. It gets on the algorithm, gets more ears on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeehaw! And you can also find me intermittently playing random video games at horror underscore vomit underscore Chris on Twitch. Mm-hmm. I may be getting back into Diablo because they fixed it. <gasps> Ooh. 
it, it's not entirely a piece of shit anymore. Well, I'm saving up for it, so I'm trying to think Baldur's Gate or Diablo. I, I would go Baldur's Gate, honestly. <clears throat> I haven't played it yet, but from everything that I've heard, like it is the far superior version. Because mm, my problem is the only people I know that have Baldur's Gate are real grognards, the real fucking hardcore gamer gamers, and they will find and pick apart anything that's not their beloved. So I don't know if it's good or not. I've only heard those people talk, so. Yeah. Eh, anyway. I got to pee. I know. That's why I was done? dragging this motherfucker out. I was going to talk for another five <laughs> minutes, Chris. I mean, you can if you really want to. So watch I'm just going to pee in that cup that you've been ashing in right in front of you. Didn't have an ashtray, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, I know. I stole it. Okay. So I was picking butts out of it. All like right. Like a real scumbag. <laughs> I, mean, I jerked off before this scene, too. I know. It was quite... Exciting to watch. Yeah, it was alarming. <laughs> I was not prepared for it. <laughs> I really sprung that on you, and I apologize, Jens. Hey, goodbye, everybody. Push the button.